Podcast. It is February 28th. I'm Connor O'Gara. He is Chris Marler. Chris, we're going to talk spring football, combine season, and a few other things, but I want to start with something that's very near and dear to your heart. Oh my gosh. Um, it appears that Alabama is on the verge of signing a man who, get this, he's got a five-star heart. Oh my god. He is the one and only Butch Jones. Go. This could not be, you want me to go? You want me to just go in on this? Yeah. I could not be angrier about this. Hey guys, welcome to the show. And now I'm going to get real mad. Alabama, on the heels of signing the worst recruiting class in a decade, is now signing the biggest laughing stock and worst coach in not the yet. Entire, not yet. Maybe. On the verge. On the verge. On the verge. We are we're currently in like the middle of like, we've lost like four or five in basketball. We're getting beat by 22 as we record this. The, all things are going bad right now at the university. The sky is falling. And now they're bringing in Mr. Mary Poppins with the umbrella himself, positivity man, Butch Jones. That was my, my favorite like 20-second soundbite from a, an Alabama fan who just won a national championship. <laughs> I'm so, that was like, so great. Well, because we joked around on the podcast like, oh, yeah, we should just, they should like, you'd be funny if saving like fake called Butch Jones. Like, what would he do on the staff? What would he do on the staff? I, I, I didn't bother to look up any of Tennessee's offensive statistics. Uh, they were number up, 124 in total offense last year. So 124 is not good because that's out of 129. So that's What's bad. the job? What's the offensive analyst? It'd be an offensive analyst, which is essentially just How many points did like, he score against Bama last year? Seven. I don't know how many touchdowns he had. Zero. Was it one? Was it, I thought I think, it was a defensive touchdown for some reason. Oh, yeah. I don't think they got a touchdown. Okay, so I don't know how many touchdowns he had against Alabama. <laughs> and obviously so, it wasn't very memorable. No, it was not. I mean, 45-7, I know it was a score. They lost every single conference game. All that aside, I didn't look up any of the stats their, um, their offense have had, their offense had at Tennessee in the five years he was there. I know he was 37-24. and 24. And I also, or 34-27, and 27, I'm sorry. Okay. Also didn't look up any of his, of his offensive numbers at Cincinnati. Do you know why? Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's two stats that matter about him being a coach. Well, three. One, he sucks. Two, he had Alvin Kamara on his team. NFL Rookie of the Year, Alvin Kamara. He was a backup. Yeah, yeah, he was a he was a backup. Of course. Well, yeah. Jalen Hurd, who transferred. Forget about him. Bay one of a handful end. of five. Yeah, exactly. One of a handful of five stars that transferred out. Um, and then also, you're going to need to differentiate between five star heart and five star recruit. Those are two very different things. I cannot believe this is the world I live in. Yeah, as a Bama oh, it fan. Is. And then on top of that, this is a guy that had. This is a guy that had on his roster at one time, Justin Worley, Joshua Dobbs. Nathan Peterman, Riley Ferguson. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's not murderer's row of quarterbacks. But Pretty solid, had, though. Yeah, Josh Dobbs, who's probably the most favorite quarterback for Tennessee fans since Peyton Manning was there, besides any of the Clausens, I guess. I don't know. I mean, but I, like fan favorite. Two, Riley Ferguson has he set and broke his own record for most touchdowns in a season at, uh, at Memphis. Memphis, yeah. Yeah. And then Nathan Peterman, who I know threw five interceptions in his first ever start in the NFL. Really bad. I had uh, the Chargers defense that day in fantasy. Humble brag. Fun fact. Regardless, he was in, he, he led the ACC in QB rating at, while well, he's at Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, that was, that was all Matt Canada. Let's that was not all, forget that's that. That's fair. But he also did that when they had quarterbacks such as Mitch Trubisky, number two overall pick, um, Lamar Jackson, Heisman winner, and Deshaun Watson, national champion. Justin Worley was the starter out of so, those four. So what I'm getting from this is that you don't believe in Butch Jones and his no. ability to develop quarterbacks and an offense. Here's the thing. He's not going to have to do that. Nobody's asking him to do that. Nick Saban, here's the thing that I keep coming back to whenever I think about this story. As much as I like, 
when I first heard this, I just thought Marler's going to have a field day with this. I, he's going to hate this more than he's going to hate losing to Auburn. It's going to yeah. be so great, and I can't wait for this. But the guy doesn't have to face any media ever, so he's never going to have to come up with any five-star hearts, champions of life, anything like that. He's free from all that stuff. As an offensive analyst, Saban literally just wants him in the room to say, like, like maybe once every, like once a month, what? just come up with something. <laughs> come up with something, like some little detail, some little wrinkle that they can do on offense. I, that's He can do that. I mean, Brick you, by brick. That's, that's what this offensive analyst position has become at Alabama. It's essentially like Saban just brings in any guy who has ever, like, scored a point off of him that's, like, available that nobody else is touching, and he just brings him into his room. He's like, how did you score that point? Yeah, that's a very good and point. And that's it. And, do, you know, and so, do you know who the, the other candidate is? The, the, these are the two people that I've heard. I didn't even know we had a position open because otherwise I would have applied immediately. I mean, it's an offensive analyst, isn't it? Like, doesn't he have an endless amount of these? Can't he I'm, just create I'm sure, a but, new opening But the two main it? ones, the two main ones are Butch Jones, former head coach of Tennessee and laughing stock mm-hmm. of the conference, and Kevin Steele's son. I think he's going to get it as of as of right now. I think that's that's a thing that's that's probably going to happen. Our I don't know arch if Kevin rivals son's defensive coordinator's son right. is going to be an intern for us next next summer, basically. See, but like this is just how this is like so Saban. This is just how anal he is that he wants anybody that can possibly give him an ed- an edge in that room with him to be able to just come up with whatever sort of offensive wrinkle that he can that he can inc- implement. If it's something where that guy literally contributes one play throughout the course of the season, it doesn't matter who it's against. But if that guy contributes one play that teaches Saban something, you tell me a play. You tell me a play it. that you think Butch Jones could come up with that nobody else on the offensive staff at Alabama could come up with. How about the play where he has like first and goal on the nine, and <laughs> Damian, Damian Harris has like 250 yards rushing already. Yeah. So Damian Harris is John Kelly in this scenario. Yep. And Damian <laughs> Harris then just gets like no carries no. for the next three plays. That would be awesome. Kick yeah. Field goal, and then lose the game. And what Connor's referencing is the in the Tennessee Florida game last year <laughs> when Tennessee had the ball first and goal on the one yard line and didn't give the ball to John Kelly once, who had over 120 yards in the in the game at that point. That's oh my gosh, funny. I'm fired That's up. I hate it. He could be he could work maintenance or janitorial service at the Mercedes dealership in Birmingham. That's about it. Yeah. Well, I love that Saban is, is going after this because this is this is what he's trying to do with the offensive analyst position. I mean, it's become a stepping stone position, so to speak. Steve Sarkeesian had it, of course, Mike Loxley, uh, Chris Winkie, who's now the just got the running back uh, coaching job at Tennessee. And then, you know, everybody forgets about Dan Werner, former uh, Ole Miss offensive coordinator, uh, a guy that obviously had a lot on Saban and could provide a lot yeah. in that meeting room. And now he goes on to be, you know, he just took the job uh, as the quarterback's coach at South Carolina and getting get to work with Jake Bentley. So you have these these guys who have, like, actually gone on to, they're, they're getting to do some cool things. Yeah. That's that's what my mind my mindset is already going to. It's like, what is Butch Jones' ne- next step after this? He's going to be assistant manager at an Applebee's. Assistant to the regional manager. Assistant to the regional manager, which is the greatest tweet SDS has ever had. It was awesome. But the thing is, like about him, I I, like this is the worst trade of all time. We lose Pruitt to Tennessee, and then we lose Chris Winkie to Tennessee, and we get back Butch Jones. This is like when you were in high school, or you were in like I'm sorry, elementary school at lunch, and someone was like, "Hey." I'll give you a pack of these fruit snacks for that entire pizza lunchable. And you were like, nah, that's stupid. But yeah, all right, let's do it. That's exactly what this is. He's fruit what? snacks, all natural fruit snacks. Are you uh, hating on fruit snacks? Yeah, I am. Lunchables are hands down better than fruit snacks. Everyone oh, knows that. They are, but fruit fruit snacks, that's a 
bad example because fruit snacks are, are great in their own right. Nothing is good as a lunch bowl. That's the point. That's true. All right. I'll respect that yeah. opinion. That's a good opinion. Okay. So what I want to get to with you, and I think that you are the perfect person to ask for this oh God. Um, in, in many ways. Um, so this is like the offensive analyst position is kind of like a rehab program, yeah. so to speak. Literally. For former, for failed coaches. Yeah. We don't need to make a Steve Sarkeesian <laughs> joke with that one. Um, so for, not that, not to take any shots at Steve Sarkeesian. We hope he's doing well. Let me preface that. I really hope he's doing well, but he needed that at that point in his life. Sure. What I want to know is what is Saban's rehab program for Butch Jones look like in this next year? What are, what are some of the things that you think that Saban would like sit Butch Jones down and say like, here's what you did wrong and here's how I'm going to get this out of you? I think he would just stuff him into a locker or a trash can repeatedly, like like the O'Doyles from Billy Madison. Yes, O'Doyles. and just yeah, until he finally had enough and became a man again, and you know, stop saying, what's the best way to put this? Um, wussy stuff like five star heart and champions of life, because no one celebrates that crap in the SEC. They celebrate actual trophies that you can put into an actual trophy case. I like that. I was thinking that he gets like a chalkboard and writes um, five star hearts are not real things like a million times. <laughs> I will and not quote Ellen pregame anymore. I will not quote Ellen pregame anymore. Absolutely. Champions of life is not a real title. Right. We don't care about that. We don't even care about runner up trophies at no, Alabama. Right at that all. a million times. Oh, that'd be great. I, I would love to see that. I can't wait to see if if and when this does happen. And just to see Butch Jones, you know, rock, no. rock on the crimson. Oh He's not going to be on the sidelines or anything like that, so you're not going to have to worry about that. But we're going to get the occasional shot of him if this happens. And, oh, man, I just I hope it does because it's going to be a great redemption story. The Butch Jones comeback trail. He's going to get hazed by the scout team. Man, I hope not. Godspeed, Butch Jones. Hope it all works out. Butch Jones might be having himself a pretty nice spring coming up. If, of course, he's the offensive analyst at Alabama. Spring football kicking off. Yeah. How quick How quick was that? Offseason is over. It's spring <laughs> football season. It is. Uh, not really. But Vanderbilt began spring football on Monday. Ole Miss began spring football on Tuesday. South Carolina Wednesday. Auburn and Arkansas on Thursday. And so on. And the rest of the SEC goes like that. Um, first of all, spring football storylines are already forming. They are all over the place. It is an electric time to be in the SEC, <laughs> as always. You're right. right. I, mean, I mean, like Vanderbilt kicked off, Ole Miss kicked off. <laughs> I mean, hey, in case you haven't heard, Derek Mason not calling his own defensive plays anymore. What? Pretty big storyline. Are you actual. serious? He hired an actual defensive coordinator. I don't know how I haven't. <laughs> that's, and decided that's not that's to give the position for himself. That's adorable, Vanderbilt. Look at you being a real school. Big news out of Nashville. Uh, other big news that maybe you would probably have a little bit more interest in, uh, the fact that Jared Stidham, Jared Stidham, after he had his shoulder surgery, is going to be out for at least the first four practices of spring football, it looks like. Oh, man. You know, you know what that means, though. They're still SEC West champs. That. That's a good point. People might forget that. Are they bringing back John Franklin III? Oh, man, that'd be great. He's going to run. It, it's No, I don't think he got a combine invite, but he ran like a 4-3-4 four, four, I'm sure. Like that. that dude was he was floating when he would get out in space. He can jet. Just don't yeah. give him a football to get across the goal line because no. he'll just drop it. Um, the good thing about this, uh, about you know the situation with, with Jared Stidham at Auburn, of course, is now it means Joey Gatewood's going to get a shot. And I don't know if you heard this, but a lot of people comparing him to Mr. Cam Newton. Just saying. 
Oh boy, here we go. First off, I will say this: I went down to Auburn last week for the Bama Auburn basketball game and you had, had a good time. I had a great time. Auburn is an incredible city, so I will say this as nicely as possible. Loved your city. Loved the pepper jelly from the Hound. It was incredible. Yum. The people were. I didn't even know what that was. It's phenomenal. Um, everyone was super nice. Great atmosphere for a game. That being said, yes, yeah, Stidham's your quarterback. I had to hear about it from like three people down there. Stidham's your quarterback, guys. Unless Cam Newton comes back, Stidham's your quarterback. Wait, people are actually debating this? Yes. This is a real thing? Yes, yes. Oh, man. Because my question was when they said that, I was like, who's that? Which, that was a mistake because I, I immediately lost any kind of media credential that I already didn't have. So you have, like, they're just, because like, he's in a sling. He's walking out in a sling. So he couldn't pick up the division title trophy they had that uh, oh, people man. got upset about. I made fun Bad of. Image. Bad but, image. But, like, he he played out of his mind that game. We talked about it on the on the podcast when you said Carryon Johnson's jump pass was one of like the best moments of like the mm-hmm. year. Stidham in that game was incredible, tremendous with his with his arm and his legs. I'm excited to see him him come back with kind of this this full off season in Gus Malzahn's offense. He's, he's Those receivers coming he's back too. Stuff. Yeah, I mean yeah. Auburn's not going anywhere. If they can figure no. out somebody who can run the football, they're going to be fine. Yeah, this, the storyline though with Joey Gatewood is going to be fun to watch in the spring. I think a lot of Auburn fans are going to get really excited about that. And right, be like, hey, like Sidham, you want to go to the NFL after this year? That's cool too. He's got two years of eligibility left. People forget that, but yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's a, he's a good quarterback. And I think like it'll be it's, that's what springtime's for is second guessing your coaching staff and and just taking possibilities that won't ever come true. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Stidham is going to be working his way back from an injury. A guy who is already back, who I am also really excited about, the return of Debo Samuel. Yes. I mean, how great is it to see that video the other day of him doing all these cuts and stuff? South Carolina, you know, kick returner, punt returner, receiver, whatever you want to call him. Electric all athlete. Guy. He is he's going to be fun to watch if he can stay healthy. Um, you know, seeing him kind of move around a little bit got me excited again. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people in South Carolina that are just fired up to see him back yeah. doing normal drills. I mean, he was – people don't, like, know as much about him because, one, he played in South Carolina. But they had a tremendous start, especially when he was in the lineup. I mean, mm-hmm. th- that opening weekend win against NC State and Charlotte was huge. Um, but he had, in very limited action – he led the conference in touchdowns. I think he had five touchdowns in two games. Two of them in were like three different ways. I think right, too. exactly. Yeah. Like he, I know he, like he, honestly, and this is people are. Gonna, I'm going to get ridiculed for this, but he wasn't as physically gifted, wasn't as fast or quick as this comparison. But as far as like an electric athlete on the field and how many ways he can hurt you, Percy Harvin. How many times has Percy Harvin been compared to? Like, I'm not saying that Debo Samuel's not that, but literally any time anybody yeah. in the SEC, like Christian Kirk, how many times has he been compared right. to, to Percy Harvin? I love it because every year there's a new Percy Harvin. But if there, I mean, really, if there's ever a comparison to make, I guess maybe it is Debo Samuel. Kick returns, punt returns, take him on the slot at receiver. I mean, like anything in motion. I hate this play, but jet sweeps. Like, he's, he's an incredible athlete. He's he's going to be fun to watch. I'm glad that he decided to return to uh, to to college and have a, a senior year where he's going to get to work with Jake Bentley. Maybe that offense is a little bit revamped, right? Made Especially under Muschamp, dude. All offenses <laughs> under Muschamp are just going to be a lot of fun to watch. That's that's what he does. <laughs> that's what that's, he does, Coach Boom. <laughs> absolutely. And then of course, you know, we've got, um, you know, we've had a lot of the the talk, so to speak. I think you might have heard about this. I'm not sure if you okay. have, but if you haven't, this is breaking news to you. Um, there is a quarterback battle in Tuscaloosa. Oh, um, God. It's so, not. There's a kicking battle. Oh, there's a kicking battle. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Jalen so Hurts is our next kicker. Gonna, right. How could I forget that? 
Jalen Hurts, of course, going to sign up to be a kicker. That's obviously what he wants to do with the rest of his college experience. Over, over, under on how many jump passes Jalen Hurts attempts this year? Oh, the over under is 0.5 because he's not throwing <laughs> one. All right, fair. He's not throwing one. I would put more odds on of of him like catching a jump pass than I would him throwing a jump. There's pass. that as well. No, I don't think there's going to be a a quarterback controversy. There will. It's going to be of a course long there will. What are you talking about? Maybe that's why he's trying to get Butch Jones because it'll just take the attention off the quarterbacks. Smart. Also, smart one more thing about the Butch Jones. You know he's getting eight point two million dollars on a buyout, which is yeah. I did the math on this. That's through February twenty twenty one. That's $227,000 a month. That's that Bo Pelini money. I That's that it. Bo Pelini money. I would hopefully Saban will just give him some like a fraction of that to stay away from the program. Anyway, no, yeah, there's a quarterback controversy. And it's I don't even know who I'm pulling for. I really don't. I mean, it is going to be a quarterback controversy because he's got to play this well. He doesn't want to have potentially Jalen Hurts transfer and then, you know, his quarterback depth is you know, his quarterback depth to begin with right now is already not looking good. Of course, they're no. trying to bring in a graduate transfer. You know, didn't sign quarterback. Play. Yeah, exactly. They signed one quarterback, and it was Jay Barker's son, who I'm pretty sure had offers from another local high school as, like, a fifth-year high school student. And then maybe, like, I don't know, East Carolina State University. Don't think any scholarship <laughs> quarterbacks. Though, no, so, absolutely yeah. not. Uh, Saban definitely wants to get one of those on his roster. Of course, everybody's going to be talking about that. It's going to be... Uh, a fun back and forth to see. I can only compare it, me being the Yankee that I am, comparing it to oh what Ohio State went through after the twenty after the twenty fourteen season coming into twenty fifteen. Um, I and like That's I said before, a comparison. Jalen Hurts is going to go the Braxton Miller route. I'm just saying. You heard it here first. You didn't hear it here first because Mel, Ki- Mel Kiper actually copied my idea after I tweeted out during the national championship. Boom. Don't look up that date. So, <laughs> humble brag. I will say this. I, you just gave yourself a humble brag. I will. Mm-hmm. I will argue with you on one point, and that is the article you wrote about. Do we know like the biggest question mark on Bama's offense? The receivers. I I, th- I still think it's a legitimate question mark when you have a guy. Okay, so Calvin Ridley phenomenal like so so important for that team last year just as a guy who could stretch the field and i and i i put this in the article too like i get that jalen hurts was just uh, a one look guy he would just look at ridley and then he would run the ball and if like he wouldn't look for any of the freshman receivers i get all that stuff there's still a very big learning curve that comes with going from being a guy who has has less than 20 yards receiving a game to being like the alpha in that unit and somebody's got to fill it because whether they you know they got experience and they got snaps this year but not getting you know regular looks in within the flow of the offense right. i think that hurts and I, I do think it's a question mark it's nitpicking to say that alabama has a weakness because obviously those three big you know stud freshman receivers are talented yeah. but just moving up to that next level and becoming a calvin ridley type presence not going to be an easy thing maybe we can get one of those other receivers that didn't get a pass last year or or maybe jalen hurts can be an offensive analyst Ooh. Boom. Okay, now that's that's good. I think we just solved that problem. Yeah, you're welcome. God, I'm so good at Jalen. I should be Jalen Hurts' agent. You really should. Yeah. I think you should give him a call. Jalen, I, I can Get us on probation. It'll be perfect, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. But also, uh, one one thing I, I, I am excited about, special receiver in Oxford returning the field this week. That is true. Ole Miss starts this week. Ole Miss does start this week. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is a... Uh, an Ole Miss offense that, of course, with, with Matt Luke in his first spring, uh, Jordan Tamu is is kind of labeled as, like, the next big stud in the yeah. SEC, in my opinion. Takes over Physically, for Shea Patterson. Physically, he's talented enough. 
he absolutely is. And the way that he finished the season, it's so weird to think that um, there are a lot of Ole Miss fans who are like, oh, Shea Patterson. See you later, Shea Patterson. <laughs> Whatever, bye. So sorry. this is like, a guy I would compare to Josh Allen. Big guy, great hands. Oh, <laughs> no, but he like physically he does look the part, and and he had his numbers were out of like they were just ridiculous at the end of last year after Shea Patterson went down with injury. Um, they returned a decent amount on offense. I, that defense is going to be it's going to be rough. Yeah, it's going to be rough again. I mean, Matt Luke, I don't know how he's gonna how he's gonna be as a head coach. He doesn't look like a head coach. He he looks like he an angry dad watching his kid play soccer every week. That's exactly That's... what he looks like. I like that. Yeah. I like that. They're going to score points, though. I mean, yeah. they still got, you know, they got TK Metcalf back and, and AJ Brown and all these guys who are, you know, stud receivers. AJ Brown, are, man. I mean, real deal. Yeah. Absolutely the real deal. He's going to be fun to watch. I can't wait to see what I also love in spring football. And we're going to see this from Ole Miss, too, is like the videos of the ridiculous, like Odell Beckham right. catches and stuff like that. Ole Miss is going to be a weekly um, participant in yeah. that category, I think. Absolutely. There are a lot of sp- cliche spring football headlines <laughs> um, that we're going to see. And I want get, to get to this because this is something that if you haven't seen them already, you're going to see them. And I need to prepare you, yeah. a listener of the SDS podcast, I need to prepare you for these headlines just so you can be on the lookout for them. So I want your best cliche spring football headlines. There's a lot. And I'll let you go first because I think you're going to take a couple of mine. All right. My, my least favorite. My least favorite of all time is nothing settled yet. Competition open in the fall. That's my Love least it. favorite. That is my absolute least favorite. Quarterback competition, receiver, right. co- running back, left tackle, left tackle, oh, yeah. left tackle and quarterback are the two biggest ones. And it just blows my mind. It's like, well, nobody took control of it this this spring. So I guess that competition's going to have to go in the fall. Like, oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you don't have an idea of who it could be. You're not just trying to push them during off-season workouts. That's code for we don't want the backup to transfer. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> While he's still allowed to before he has to enroll in the fall. Oh, that's good. That's a good, worthy headline that I think is prevalent at a lot of places. I like um, the – so we talk about you know all the new coaches that are going to be experiencing spring football for the first time as head coaches in the SEC. I love the headline, new coach putting his own touch on things. Oh my gosh, that's a good love one. Love that. Yeah. Love that. His own culture, he does practice just a little bit different than his right. predecessor. Yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty solid bet. We're gonna see those at, you know, five, six places in the SEC. Sophomore, insert position here, ready to take the next step. Ooh, that's good. Next step. That's key. That's, that's a very oh. That's that's great. You know, that's, last year he came in, he didn't he didn't have the advantages of coming in early and enrolling early. He was still, you know, a lot of these kids were already on campus. He was at prom. That's that's another one that I, I hate when they oh, talk yeah. about prom. And then yes. they, and they come because like yeah, that's a normal thing to do as a high school. And then you come in for the summer and they're like, so it took a while to understand the playbook. And you know, he was undersized. He's got a year in the in the in the off season training program. Hey, I just put forget. like four together in one in one paragraph. Oh, you did. That was really good. <laughs> You, people forget that Jake Bentley should have been going to his high school prom instead no. of throwing touchdown no, passes for South Carolina they in his don't. freshman year. <laughs> they oh, don't. they don't forget that? No, because they, they bring it up almost every, almost the same amount of times they bring up Brock Eisweiler being 6'8". Yeah. No, hey, he's tall. People forget about <laughs> that, too. Josh Allen's um, hands, Jake Bentley's age, Brock Eisweiler's height. Got a lot of it. Death yeah, in Texas. That's true. <laughs> uh, another one that I'm a big fan of is, um, so you kind of just touched on this a little bit. But um, random freshman quarterback wants to compete for starting job. 
high three care star. that there's an established starter. He's a three-star kid. He's coming in. He's he enrolled early. He's ready to go. Connor, that's you. Oh, that's me. I give Absolutely. you a four-star, but I mean, yeah, that that would be you. Like, I, I mean, everything's open. No, no one has a starting position. That was my big favorite one too. There yeah. is no starting lineup right now. Yes. Every Texas position. A&M, same thing. That should be. The, we're. Oh. We'll get to Jimbo later. We need to get to Nick Starkle <laughs> immediately. But yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll get to Nick. But yeah, Starkle I mean that's 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 it's such a weird spring football is such a weird thing, and every year I make fun of it. Like I'm like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get invested into it this year because it's like who cares? Like I remember last year I watched the game and I was I was pulling against Tua because I was just like oh no Bama fans are gonna freak out if he does anything well because it'll be better than Jalen. We're coming off a loss in the title game. Jalen kind of had a little bit of a slump going. And it was like, this is going to be awful. This is going to be awful because if he starts doing well, and he started out the game seven for seven with two touchdowns. Okay, question for you. And this, this is something that I've always wondered about, and I'm, I feel like I'm finally going to get an answer from you, a fan, who I have been able to ask this question to. I don't know why I've never asked this question before, but it's always been in the back of my mind. Briefs. As a fan, when you are watching a spring game, who do you root for? What do you root for? I, it just feels good to see football again. I think that's literally all it was. Like, it's, it's you just literally, cheer every play? Like, how does it I, work? Like, it's it's tough because I remember, like, one year my we watched, me and my dad watched a spring game one time, and it was when Drake Kirkpatrick was playing, and I want to say Julio was still there. Yeah, and and whoever, I think AJ was, like, getting a rep at quarterback, and it was like, it, like he there was, like, some play, and it was, like, a seven-yard dig route, like, on the, on the hash or something like that, and he was like, perfect pass. Perfect catch, perfect coverage. Every part of that was perfect. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm watching. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> that was a third and thirteen. We have to punt. Who cares? Like, I just all you want to know what I honestly look for. And I'm not nicking this up. Uh, this is not to be funny. Kicking every single effing April spring game. I am watching with bated breath. Like, and and we missed like two or three last year. Like it's it's hard because it's a bipolar battle within yourself. If it's like I don't know, I mean, like offense looked good, defense looked like terrible. <laughs> like like we had no pass rush, but the offensive line looked good. It, it is just like you're it's just constantly second guessing yourself. It's how I pretty much go through everyday life. But what if it what if a guy blocks a kick? Do you not cheer for him? I, I, I pull. I guess I, I want to see five stars do well. I want to see whatever walk on kicker we had do well. I I don't want to see any controversy or injuries. And I always want to see whatever True. really gross, gross blazer Saban's rocking in like a hundred degree heat. Nice. Another big storyline I hate: sold out spring game. Hey, Nebraska. Bama, Bama started out. this trend when Saban got there. He had like they had sold like ninety two thousand. Georgia did it last year. It's becoming a trend, you know, in like throughout the country. It's impre- that's impressive and like it tip of the cap to the fans. But I tell you what, if you don't have something better going on than standing outside watching a scrimmage in April. Hell, some of the times it's Masters Week, guys. We're going to get some That's hobbies. That's true. Another good one along those lines, Team X opening practice to the public. Oh, Love my that. God. Florida. That's a great head. Florida's doing that. <laughs> Dan Mullen rolling the dice. Florida's, Doesn't that's, care. They just the, Doesn't care if his offense is a work in progress. He's just doing it. <laughs> so He's just going to say, fans, come and see it. Okay, another thing I like, and this is this is more in, in fall practice, but it, it translates over from spring. Yep. Is, so I do like to see like the freshmen that are enrolled early and stuff like that. Um, but everything else, like breaking down X's and O's of it, it's like it's very hard to like figure out who you're cheering for. One thing I love is the fans that are there watching that because that that is like it's the That's most committed. Hard. It's the most committed of your fan base, but it's also like I don't know if I'd want to watch a game with that person. 
Well, I'll, I'll say this, and you know, spring game is a is an opportunity. The great thing about the spring game is that it does provide a cheaper ticket for yeah. fans to be able to go and see a game and it they can be bring free, the whole right? family. It should be free. It's not at most at a lot of places. And it's a chance to see the stadium. You get to see the guys. You know, maybe they do some autographs or whatever before or after. So I get all of that and why you would actually like want to experience a spring game. If that's your perspective going in, by all means, whatever. Yeah. If it's like, I need an up-close look at all of these, whatever. I, I question that. I mean, they're going to broadcast all the games on the SEC Network this year, and it's like okay, it's just—it's can... so sad to look into like the fourth quarter when you see like your walk-ons and people that you know you'll never you'll never see them play on that field again, and they just pan to the stands and there's some like 400 pound just waterbed of a body sitting there with a cut off sleeve shirt and sweating through his jean shorts and it's like, I right, that is roll time. You, you do you. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> you, do you. you do you, Hank. Oh man. Nick Starkle is uh, is having himself an interesting oh spring. God. We were I was so tempted to go to this earlier, but I'm glad we waited for it because you know a little delayed gratification for us. Um, Nick Starkle, in case you haven't heard, pretty big Justin Bieber fan. Such a big Justin Bieber fan that he actually made a lip sync video and mess to a Justin Bieber song and oh, yeah. messaged him and like or you know reached out to him on Twitter whatever it was uh, in hopes of meeting him. That's like his summer goal, not win starting quarterback job. It's to meet Justin Bieber, and he wants to go to L.A. and find Justin Bieber and meet him. He's hoping that Ellen DeGeneres can hook him up Oh my God! and meet his boy Biebs. This is the same guy that wore a Bieber shirt under his, under his it uniform. It just gets worse and worse and worse. <sighs> it does. Here, it really all right, does. here's the thing. Um, I'm going to let you tell me when, when I can go in on this, and, and, and I've already cleared this with Will, our producer. He said he's going to have the beeps ready because I'm, I'm going to go unfiltered on this one. Okay. I'm really fired up about this. By all means. Okay. More, more, more fired up than Butch Jones? I'm way more fired up about this than Butch Jones. Damn. What the hell is this kid doing? You are the quarterback of an SEC football team. You are the quarterback of a major Division One university. You're the quarterback of a school in Texas. Okay. One, this is the same kid that was on Twitter a while back because he had one of those Craigslist weird misconnections where he was trying to find the name of some girl that he like he met at wherever. Couldn't figure out who it was. Asked was that for, a diner? It was at a diner? Yeah, okay. Of First off, you wear a name tag if you work at a restaurant for the most part, especially at he, a diner. He knew her first name. Her That's, first name. How could you not find at- her? There's like 17 girls in the entire city of College Station. So that makes no sense. Also, again... You're the quarterback. You're the freaking quarterback of this university. So you then take her out to ice cream, which I guarantee you was like sugar-free vanilla. Knowing this dude's whole rep now, guaranteed it was like a frozen yogurt, some like that. So I'm so mad about this. So then he proceeds, and you know what? Like, yeah, love the confidence, man. Love the confidence. I grew up with a with a single mom for the most part, so yeah, I've I've seen beaches more often than I should have. I do a wonderful share impersonation. I've seen Kesha in concert, and I was willing to go. You know what I've never done before a Division One football game in the toughest conference in the in the entire effing country? Put on a Justin Bieber cutoff under my pads, and then put on eye black and said stuff like, "Let's go to war, boys." That is absurd. So this dude makes a video. He makes a video of him singing not even a good Justin Bieber song. And it's a weird one, too, because it's like you and me. And he's saying it to Justin Bieber. Also weird. Then he brings up his friend who bought a shirt with him. They're just, they're Justin Bieber buddies. That's So he, he, does, he looks nothing like this. He decides he wants to go out to L.A. for spring break. Again, not what you're supposed to be doing when you're the freaking quarterback 
of a major university. On spring break, no. You don't go to L.A. to go like fangirl over some guy that was good when you were eight years old. No, you go to Panama City, you go to Daytona, and you come back with a hangover and something that requires a penicillin shot. That's exactly what you do on spring break. <laughs> the rant is over. God! Take a breath. You are <sighs> Oh, man. See, and what I love is I, I'm picturing Jimbo Fisher sitting there. Jimbo Fisher is meeting these guys for the first time, so to speak. Maybe he met some of them as yeah. or whatever. But he's like, he's got to be thinking to himself, okay, this kid Nick Starkle just threw for like 8 billion yards in the Belk Bowl or whatever. Sure. And, and now he's trying to meet Bieber and making these videos. Like, can this guy be my starting quarterback? Like, this is just so, like, I, you do you. Do, uh, yeah. do, do whatever confidence. you want. But he's got confidence. He's got confidence. Sure. I will give him that. Nick Starkle, I hope you make your dream come true. Um, yeah, man, I do I though? Do no, I? no, you don't. No, you don't. I hope you transfer to Bama and you become become I a scholarship don't. quarterback for us. He, I, I don't know, know what I would rather have him as as a scholarship quarterback, not even the starter, or Butch Jones at, at as an offensive analyst. Man, if he throws for a billion yards every game, he can wear the Beaver shirts all he wants. No. That's he didn't throw for a billion yards every game down the stretch. But no, you get my point. Yeah, yes. You get my point. <laughs> Got me to thinking though, and I'm interested um, in you know because he did the lip syncing thing. Oh and, my god! And that's that's very big right now. It's very hot in the streets. The best lip sync songs that you would pick, if you had to pick three songs to lip sync, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the Starkle that that or in the fashion that Starkle did, where he's singing it to the artist. It can be "Living Your Dead." It can be anybody. What would be your th- your top three lip sync songs? I'm just now I'm just now realizing the ones I wrote down are probably worse than Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh yeah, I was fully expecting that. <laughs> I literally just I had my final interview with that game show on Sunday, and they asked what my special talent was, and I I did a share impersonation and Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong's not that bad. The share. No, I trust to... I trust Louis Armstrong. Um, I'm gonna let you go first. I'm gonna have to reconfigure okay. my 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 numbers here. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna lead off with "Return of the Mac." What? By, by Mark Morrison. That Best song not, of the '90s. That was not on. That's a great song. Best song in the '90s. That was not on your list because your list was was very I know, telling. I changed it. I'm I glad. It. Um, "Return of the Mac" is, in my opinion, like one of the most underrated songs of all time. Yeah. You go to a bar and you have a DJ there. You throw on that jam. That, I, I love that song. Nailed it. About as catchy as anything I've ever heard. My next song, this is going to surprise you. It's Countdown by Beyonce. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) I love me some Queen Bee. Okay. Just saying. Um, I know a decent amount of words to that song, too. So that's fair. That hard. Sick brag. Um, My last one, and this is probably speaking a little bit more to our our SEC based audience here. I love me some Friends in Low Places. Oh, boy. I mean, last song we played. The last song that we played at our wedding was Friends in Low Places. One of the best moments of my life was singing that with all my friends. That's pretty cool. Time. That's cool. It was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. So I think I covered myself up by ending with that, right? Not having like the Beyonce one in the middle. <laughs> yeah, that was, See how I you sandwiched it? that was good. All yeah. right, so I'll say I, will, I wouldn't do Cher. Because I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lip sync that. I would just crush that. I would, right, just, exactly. I would crush that the whole time. So I'm from Stone Mountain, Georgia. It's uh, where Donald Glover's from. I don't know if you're familiar like with my boy. Yeah. So we went to the same. Well, we would have gone to the same elementary school if my mom wasn't where I was going to get beat up and send me to Catholic school. It's whatever. Okay? Um, all right. My songs. My songs would be as follows. Dreams and Nightmares, Meek Mill. If you're not familiar with it, it is pretty much 
the most hype song ever. That's what the Eagles came out to uh, out of mm-hmm. the Super Bowl tunnel. That would so be it's num- a winning song. Oh yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It's if you if that song comes on and you don't like get super fired up, just get out of my life forever. Okay. Um, let's see. Number two, I wouldn't say Garth. I couldn't go to Garth yet. I would probably go Rolling Stones, Sympathy for the Devil. That's a pretty good one because yeah. you can't hit those notes. How? Yeah. No, cannot. Can hit. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely like cannot. No. And then last but not least, oh, this is gonna go so so poorly. Um, from where I was, I'll I'll say. You know what? I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say Beyonce. I'm gonna say Busta Rhymes, with uh, with Chris. Why am I Why am I blanking right now? It was on. It was in the Super Bowl commercial. Why can't I think of the name? With uh, Chris Brown, Buster Rhymes, oh, Chris yeah, Brown. Yeah, Chris, okay, get away, get away, get away, get away. I want to stop. I know, I know most of the words. That would be awesome. To yeah, because you wouldn't have to like dance or do anything with that. It would just be yeah the lyrics. And oh, it'd be great. awesome if I knew the name of the song too. That'd be good. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. no, that'd be that'd be even better. Yeah, Nick, Nick Starkle knew the name of, of his song, and you're yeah, but it's Justin Bieber. Yeah, that's a good point. Chris Brown, Buster Rhymes. I'll think of the song. God dang it, Chris! Every time. You yeah, know what, Starkle? Weak. I take it back. That's weak. Hey, yeah, we're we're going to give you your credit, Nick Starkle. You're doing you. You're going to have yourself a great offseason. The offseason for us is also known as SEC basketball season, in case you haven't heard. Uh, did you hear, Chris, that SEC basketball is pretty lit right now? Yeah. I was at one of the games last week, and it was lit AF, as the kids say. Yes. The kids do say that. The youths, as, as I like to there say. There you go. Um, I don't know if you heard this, too, but ESPN's Joe Lenardi. He's got eight teams from the SEC going to the NCAA tournament in his latest bracketology, which has probably changed in the last, like, 20 minutes. Or of whatever. course. Um, but, you know, the regular season is winding down this weekend. The good news, it is not too late to get your hands on some tickets. Chris, do you know where you should do that? Ticket City! Yes. Ticket City is the quickest and easiest place to go for your tickets. We love Ticket City. They have the cheapest tickets, and all of their tickets come with a 100% Ticket City guarantee. All of our listeners can get $20 off their SEC basketball orders today. That's two less Alexander Hamiltons that you have to fork <laughs> over. Those are $10 You're so bills. You're so good at president math. I'm really good at president math. It's my strong suit. Uh, all, you need to go, all you need to do is go to TicketCity.com, find the best tickets for your game, yeah. and enter, enter the discount code SDS20 while checking out. That's SDS20. So go to TicketCity.com and save on all of your SEC tickets today. Also, if you record yourself singing a song uh, to the theme of or the to the tune of Paradise City from Guns N' Roses, but with Ticket City, they will give you an extra twenty dollars. So if you're like, take me down to the Ticket City where the Wait, grass is, that a is real green. thing? No, not at all. But that'd be awesome if we get some oh, videos doing be. that. That'd be a great promo. Also, the song was that. "Look at Me Now." Idiot. God, I'm so yeah. dumb. That was bad. Yeah. Tough day. But yeah, go to Ticket City, guys. SDS twenty. Yeah. yeah, do it. Uh, March Madness season. You know what else it is? It's Combine season. Yes. Combine is this weekend in the great underrated city of Indianapolis. <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna have some words on this one. We got at it hey, today on Twitter. I know we got at it a little bit about some Big Ten SEC stuff. You were saying that the Midwest Big Ten country only basically does. I'll I'll, I'll milk say it. Well, yeah, yeah that's ahead. okay. Here's the thing. You you brought up. I said speed. There's not a lot of people, I feel like, in the Big Ten. The Big Ten's not known for speed. And you brought it's up somebody that ran way. a four two eight or a four two nine from Minnesota, which I said, trick question. Minnesota doesn't have a football team. They have hockey and wrestling. It's not an elite thing to say. It's not an elite thing to say, but I will say they're not elite at football or speed in the Midwest or the Big Ten country. What they're elite at is white wide receivers, 
uh, having bad accents, and drinking milk with dinner. That's about it. You are just hating on the Midwest. And man. cheese. There you go. Yeah, four things. You're welcome. Forgot about cheese the first time you said that. That's the real shame. You should be embarrassed for that. That was a weak time. I've said way worse on this on this episode. I know. Seriously, we're going to have to get the bleep button now. Um, John Ross, though, uh, not a Midwest guy, but he did run a 4-2-2-40 last year. Broke the combine record, of course, that Chris Johnson had. Everybody now is talking about who could potentially break the record this year. Uh, LSU's Dante Jackson comes to mind. That's who Daniel Jeremiah with yeah. NFL Network said is going to be the best bet. Uh, dude ran the 100 meters in 10.22 That's seconds. not even that fast. Yeah, I, I could drive that fast. Everyone so. everyone that was in the bobsled during in cool runnings ran faster than that. Doris Banner point. ran a 9.9. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah. But they beat Usain Bolt, so. That's true. I, I mean, Just that he is apparently, he's undersized. But he said flat out, he's like, yeah, I plan on plan on breaking the record. And the LSU coaches have said they clocked him at 4.24. Insane. Right. Yeah. Which oh, is like hand time. It's like, oh, you never know. I mean, like, you know, it, maybe it's a little bit off. But then they said they also had a laser time at 4.29 in college. I think he could run in the 4.2s and not, yeah. like, you know, I don't think it would surprise that many people. Like, he is... He is that quick, and I yeah. think when you give these guys a chance to actually work with combine-specific drills for a couple months, it, it makes a difference, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that at all. Plus with the track I've, background, too. Right, and that's that's so big, and you know you don't have to teach these guys how to run. That right. sounds like such a weird thing, but I he doesn't have to learn hip that. socket. <laughs> you had to teach your me boy, how to run. <laughs> your boy at Alabama, Tony Brown, might not have to learn how to run either. He's another guy who could yeah. easily you know, come up with a, a 40 in the you know, the 4-2s or, or something like that. I'm mainly excited to see his interviews and his Wonderlick score. Because that dude, Crazy Tony is the man. Crazy Tony's one of my favorite players in Bama history. But, um, yeah, I mean, like the combine should be fun. I, I'm excited to see it. Like, you know, 4-2-2 is crazy. Like, that is a crazy fast. It's insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I played baseball, you know, I was not that fast. Then I got kind of fast. I actually cheated at my combine. What? Yeah, this is bad. This is bad. But I, so I was, I knew I wasn't going pro. Like I was like a switch hitting. Not with that middle attitude. In, not with that attitude is a very good point. If I would have had you as a coach, I, I had, uh, we had scout day because we had about eight kids play professional baseball from our school, humble brag. And, um, so we had to run this, we had to run the 60 and I was like, coach, I'm not running this. I'm not going to go out in front of scouts. Like I'm not getting drafted. I, could, I couldn't throw very well at all. So I ran my 60 in soccer cleats instead of baseball cleats. Smart. Yeah. I had the fifth highest or fifth lowest uh, time of the whole 60. It's like lightning fast. That is a very sick brag. Yeah. That is a... No big wow. deal. So yeah, if you're, uh, if you're out there, Dante Jackson, if you ever want to race, you need somebody to teach you how to run, let me know. Yeah. Tony Brown might hit you up too. Yeah. yeah. Who are you or most you excited to... to see in the combine? So I'm most excited to see Saquon Barkley because yes. everybody was talking about him last year at yeah. the Combine. And he was, that was after his sophomore season. I, you know, As you said today, apparently the only athletes in the Midwest or in the Big Ten are at Yeah, Ohio they're State in Columbus or they're, or they're running back at Penn State. Penn State. <laughs> so, I mean, Saquon Barkley is going to run, I think, a ridiculous 40. He could also get into the 4-2s. He is that fast. He ran a 4-3-3 really? like, on video last year, oh. in, which is insane because he's 230 pounds. Like, he is that quick. He's going to be that good of a prospect. I'm looking forward to it because there are people that, like, have him outside of the top seven in their mock drafts or whatever, which what? is garbage. And they have Josh Allen going ahead of him. You're getting me fired up here because that's <laughs> okay, just... Okay, so here's the other thing about this that I, I love um, is that they they bring up, like, every year. Remember, like, after Trent Richardson was, like, a bust? Every year they're like, 
I mean, just, there's no value getting a running back in the first round. Like, you, we won't see a lot of running backs in the first round anymore. And then, like, every year for, like, the past three or four years, there's been, like, a once-in-a-generational running back, and it's Leonard Fournette or Saquon Barkley or uh, Todd Gurley. Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, that guy's chin. He looks like Kanye West. Anyway. Yes. Um, yes I like that. But, no, like, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how he tests out. Everyone's super excited about him. I've, I've heard that he'll go – he possibly could go number one. Um, you know – I'll, I'll rephrase the question because I know you're most excited about Josh Allen. You still want to say that? Oh, he's yeah, of course. His hands, I was going to get to Josh Allen. Man, his hands are going to. I wonder if his hands grew. That's what I'm really excited to see. <laughs> his if hands, his hands grew just his hands got a growth spurt. <laughs> yes, his hands That's went through puberty. Thing. It's going to get real weird. So, I'm, you know, did he add a quarter inch to his hands? I, well, I Brandon Allen, he did something to stretch his hands out. Exactly, and they grew Smart. like a quarter of an inch or something like that. I know Josh Allen was doing that in his downtime. Absolutely. Yeah, well, there's nothing else to do in Wyoming. Hey, don't hate on Laramie. Laramie's also a little oh underrated gosh. place. We just, just saying. You know, enough for the Northerners. Yeah, All you Yankees apparently. Out there, no one's listening from the North. This is a Saturday down south. It's an SEC. So let me rephrase right. the question. What SEC player are you most excited to see at the Combine? Bo Scarborough. Really? Bo Scarborough. I, I am fascinated to see what comes of his draft stock. It blows my mind that a guy of his build and his talent level had the year that he did, that he is potentially looking at a day three, round six type projection right now. Can he show up at the combine and dazzle people and make him and make people remember that he is an exceptional athlete, in my yeah. opinion, but he did not show it on the field no. at all. And, Pretty you know, stiff hips. Didn't trust doesn't, him. doesn't move well as well laterally, but it's kind yeah. of like Derek Henry. Once he gets a, a good head of steam, or he's like a third step guy and he's off the races. That being said, I'm most interested to see this year from Bama because I feel like They've had some really good athletes coming through. Is this the year they finally have somebody that doesn't underwhelm us all? Like a first-round pick that's like a projected lock to the first round, former five-star that doesn't get to the combine and, you know, pull like an Andre Smith or Cyrus Quandro and, and first off, Andre Smith running that, that 40 with his shirt off. That was oh, man. good lord. Love um, but <laughs> not what I was gonna say, but um, <laughs> but then like underwhelming was like like I'm pretty sure his bench was like 17 reps, just not good. Enough. No, I mean Julio had a crazy impressive combine, but I, I want to see if if they're gonna like kind of live up to the expectations that we have kind of set out for him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it could. I mean, it could be any one of them, and it happens every year. I mean, yeah. nobody ever. Not everybody's going to overperform. That's just the way it, it goes. But you know, it's going to be fascinating too to watch. You know, guys like that who come in with you know these five star builds, and then even you know the Josh Allen's of the world, and and the quarterbacks are going to be really intriguing. Sam Darnold is not throwing at the combine. He's probably just going to save it for his pro day. And best you know, comment, throw. best tweet yeah. of the day. Besides our argument on SDS was somebody saying, "Yeah, it's because he was worried the air was going to intercept it." <laughs> oh, that's, that's bad. I mean, oh, yeah, man. it's it's kind of accurate though. I mean, the quarterbacks always kind of feel underwhelming because they, you know, there's you have a lot more to lose. I feel like throwing there than you do in your like you know own comfortable environment where you can kind of control like the pace of the entire day. But hey, if you're Austin Allen, you're Danny Etling, you're sitting there like, hey, that's one less guy that yeah. I have to throw against. And, exactly. You know, they look like the real deal, and I, you know, I'm going to move up because of it. Also, so how the hell did Danny too. Etling get invited to the NFL Combine? I didn't. Or anybody, he threw like his 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 touchdown interception ratio was like eight to one. Yeah, okay, sure. And next thing so. you're going to tell me is that he's a big Justin Bieber fan. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh boy, we're going to have plenty of plenty of stuff to talk about with the combine. I can't wait for all the storylines that are going to come out. That will. I'm excited we'll to see Christian Kirk. Week. 
Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a good one, too. That's going to be the biggest one for me. Because I honestly oh. think he's a better pro receiver than Calvin Ridley. I think Ridley's Ooh. overrated. I think Ridley's really overrated. Wow. Yeah. Despite the fact that he played Jalen at Alabama, Hurts was his quarterback for the last two years. I, think, I love Jalen Hurts, but he's not a deep thrower. I think Ridley is undersized. I don't think he's as fast as people think he is. I don't think he's as good. He, I, he doesn't go up and get a ball uh, the way Christian Kirk does. He's not as electrifying as an athlete as Christian Kirk. I don't think he goes up and gets the ball as well as. I mean, I, mean, I think he's a top five receiver in the conference. I don't think he's a first round pick at all. Wow, that's that's how I take coming from a Bama fan. Christian yep. Kirk, in my opinion, should be absolutely in the first round, yeah. middle of the first round discussion. I think he should be the second receiver off the board. Yep. I love the fact that he drinks his liver smoothies. That's just like <laughs> I should probably start doing that. Yeah, you should. That would get us all in shape. Uh, from one Texas A and M man to another, uh, we'll transition to our our good good oh good God. friend, Mr. Tim Brewster, the new tight ends coach of Texas A and M. Tight ends coach. Yeah, tight ends coach. Oh, he's also the recruiting coordinator, so I should probably throw that in. And there just drunk, loudmouth uncle of everyone. I mean, well, every tweet he throws out there is because of recruiting. And last week we talked about him and how he, you know, made it might have played up the fact that Texas kids want to go to the SEC and they don't really care about the Big Twelve. Whatever. Um, that's old news. New news. Uh, Tim Tim Brewster brags about. Jimbo Fisher's ability to develop defensive backs. Jimbo Fisher, great defensive mind, as everybody knows him oh, as, yeah. of course. Of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> defensive guru. Um, good good so, Christmas interior decorator and a, a defensive guru. That's what everyone knows him as. And a yes. humble, all-around good guy. Yes. Good. Who doesn't need any money to <laughs> no, do his job. at all. $75 million. <laughs> um, so Tim Brewster tweets out, fire emoji, fire emoji, <laughs> colon, colon. <laughs> DB alert, fire emoji, fire emoji, nothing but real hashtag facts, exclamation point, exclamation point. And then I think he meant to hashtag this, so I don't want to add lib, but I think he meant to throw a hashtag in there. I'm still not over fire emoji. (laughs) Come get some some truth. So that tweet with the picture of these eight defensive backs or whatever that have played for Jimbo Fisher that are now making an average of like, what, $8 million a year in the NFL. All right, whatever. Like people do this in recruiting all the time. It's just it's what they do. Even though that none of that stuff happened at Texas A&M, and Tim Brewster is using it to say to come to Texas A&M. Whatever. Mr. Jalen Ramsey, not a big fan of that. No. Um, Jalen Ramsey then quote tweets that and says, "He didn't teach me not one DB technique." Dot dot dot. Hashtag get some real truth. Hashtag go Knowles. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, as you should. If you're Jalen Ramsey, you don't want to see another coach who a, had nothing to do with your defensive ba- uh, background and B, m- use that to market to another school that you didn't go to. But no. it happens everywhere. It happens everywhere, but at the same, not, not to this extent, though. Maybe and what not bothers to this me, extent. What bothers me about this is, okay, and just like this stupid song from earlier, this is going to escape me. The cornerback from Minnesota, the Vikings, because Minnesota college Case Kingdom. Is, no, the cornerback. <laughs> oh, the cornerback. Yeah. McKinney? Gosh. Xavier Rhodes. Yes. Xavier Rhodes. Yes. Xavier Rhodes? Okay. So when he was recruited, I'm pretty sure I'm not mistaken about this, because I talked to one of my best friends, Tyler Huck. He's a huge Florida State fan, follows like everything they, like, there is to know about recruiting. So when he was recruited, he was a three-star, I'm pretty sure, turned into like this incredible shutdown corner. Because there's so many Florida State defenders in the league. Like half the Eagles' defense 
is former Florida State guys in the league, right? Oh yeah, there's there's a lot. I mean, there there are a ton of them. Yeah. So this dude, uh, this dude comes in, and he's like a three star athlete. That they almost switched. They wanted to switch to receiver, and he got so mad about wanting to be like him being switched over, or maybe he was like he was brought in as a receiver, and they were going to switch him. He got so mad he almost transferred. And Jimbo was like, "Yeah, sure, let him go, whatever." And and now and now he's like he ends up becoming like a first round draft pick. He just shut down, you know, like uh, put put them on an island cornerback. Yeah. He didn't know that. Like, J- <laughs> hey, Jimbo, but he developed him. Jimbo Fisher, his entire offensive prowess is it just completely revolves around Jameis Winston being a good college quarterback. That's debatable. It's not. I mean, it really is. Jalen Ramsey, you have that's a that's like a a once in a decade type talent you have at cornerback. I mean, do you remember the you remember the preseason? Uh, draft rankings before the season started? No? Good, because I'm going to mess up another name here. But you have Derwin James, who is the number one rated safety by almost every oh, single scout. So, so what you're saying, okay, I get what you're saying. I, I wasn't sure where you're going with this, yeah. but you're basically saying that Derwin James, his draft stock fell, and he didn't maximize but not even him because Jimbo Fisher. They have another. They have another cornerback who's like a six-one lengthy guy, which like they always say, six-one cornerbacks with speed don't grow on trees. That guy got abused the entire year, gave up the game-winning touchdown against Miami. He's now dropped into, like, the third or fourth round, and he was, like, a lock. If he would have gone last year, a lock to be a first-round draft pick at quarterback. Now he's nowhere to be found on anybody's draft boards. This guy, but he I'm knows looking, nothing about defense. But I'm looking forward to Tim Brewster tweeting as soon as that guy gets drafted to say, like, Jimbo developed here or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yes. Oh, it's going to be great. I love it. I love the fact that, though, like – Jalen Ramsey comes out and says what probably a lot of former players have wanted to say, but they don't say it because it's their former coach. Keep my name out your mouth, coach. <laughs> right. But he's right. And more NFL players should come out and say this because a lot of them still have, you know, tons of pride for their for their alma mater, yeah. even if they didn't graduate their former school, whatever. And they don't want to see their their likeness used for other schools, like when after Jimbo no. leaves and goes to another place. I, I would I, I totally get what Jalen Ramsey is yeah. saying here. Agree. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. And good for him for having some school pride too. That's that's awesome. And yeah, you know, but it was it was good to keep everyone in check and let everyone know that LSU is the real DBU and not Texas A&M. I don't even know what Texas A&M would be the DBU. It'd be it's definitely not quarterback. You, <sighs> Nick Starkle, unbelievable. Not yet. Hey, Nick Starkle is going to become a JBU, Justin Bieber University. Yes. Boom. Love it. Okay. Old we'll transition from. We'll transition from our favorite man, Tim Brewster, to a man that SEC fans, I don't feel like they really like because this guy has a tendency to take a few shots at the SEC. And of course, that's exactly what he did this week. Uh, This version of our favorite segment, it might mean too much. I realized last week I said it just means more. Yeah. At the end, we're in trouble. I meant to say it might mean too much. Trademarked. Whoops. Um, But it's Colin Coward. So, Colin Coward, in case you haven't heard, came out and said he was discussing this whole FBI situation with yeah. college basketball and the probe and all the stuff that came out in the Yahoo report about these big-time programs that have um, been been linked to, to agents and all that stuff, and everybody was reacting to that. Right. So with good Colin reason. Howard is, yeah, right. It's, you know, it's our job to do that. Not our job specifically, but, you know, the jobs of others yeah. who cover college basketball and other major sports. So anyways, so Colin Coward comes out and he says – there is a program in the SEC right now that is playing right on the edge, and it's not Ole Miss bad, but it's close. My sources tell me in the last year that it ain't Ole Miss bad, but it's getting there. 
Come on, guy. <laughs> Come on. Georgia. You're gonna th- you- <sighs> I was waiting for you to, th- like, I, w- I was expecting you in the middle of that to interrupt <laughs> and say, like, Georgia, Auburn. Yeah, Georgia, it's Georgia. Auburn. It's 100% Georgia. I think Georgia would say, keep, keep my name out your mouth. That's fair. Justin Fields, $100,000, whatever. We'll have to talk about it. Regardless, I mean, but, like, this is what he does. This is what Colin Cowherd does is just, like, throw blank at the wall and just hope something sticks. And because that's, that's all he does. That's all he has as, like, he, he's a better-looking fine bomb. He creates controversy with ridiculous takes that are lukewarm at best. It's kind of just described exactly how I, what I do on a daily basis, too. Yeah, that's true. I was gonna say that doesn't sound a lot different than what we do. That's fair. Um, no, we you know we're we're, we're journalists now. Um, the the problem that I have with this though is that okay, so from a journalistic standpoint, if you're gonna come out and just throw that out there and say my sources say this, blah blah blah, like okay, then come out with an actual story about this. Yeah. If this is something that you you think is legit and not just hearsay, and to say oh an SEC program is doing this, I'm not here to say that an SEC program isn't doing this. I'm not going to defend the NCAA or anything like that. I just have a problem with throwing a blanket accusation right. on an entire conference and saying, sources tell me blah, blah, blah. Oh, really, Colin Coward? Why didn't your sources on the West Coast when you're at UCLA and UCLA right. and USC, <laughs> all these different places that you know so many people, you mean to tell me that those places don't have anything going on either and that it's not you know really bad? Or Give me a break. Like, If this is going on everywhere, why are you specifically calling out yeah. the one random SEC program? Like, I don't buy that a guy like this actually has legitimate information because if he did, he'd come out with that because all he's about is ratings. And if he actually had something substantial, he would put it on his airwaves and say, this program is blah, 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 and I have it on good authority, and he would actually go after them. For him to to say something like this and to say, it's getting to Ole Miss levels of bad, and it's an SEC SEC program, dude, give me a break. Get off your high horse. Why is that an example, think... too? Why not UNC level so bad? A, a program that for 30 years had fake classes and academic fraud for for the entire academic department, academic program. Like, exactly. how does that happen? I, You exactly. know, like, yeah, until then, if, if you want to say he's not just for ratings, report on something that's, like, a little bit more interesting besides Rosen and Darnold and having LeVar Ball on every other week so your ratings don't suck. Seriously. And he knows how this works because he knows that people like us talk about it. Maybe we do give it a little bit more attention than it deserves yeah. because, well, he goes after the SEC and suddenly, you know, SEC programs are like, you know, who do you, who do you think you are? And, of course, now the, the way that he plays this up, because he, he then said that I was the one who told you about Ole Miss. Right. So you right. were saying yeah. in, the be- yeah. in the very beginning. Yeah, you were the whistleblower. Reporting was on. Yeah, you were the whistleblower. Okay, so Correct basically when an SEC program, like if an SEC program goes on probation or the NCAA like does an investigation and finds something out, two years from now he's going to point to that and be like, hey, see, I told you this. Like, all right, come Thanks, on. Thanks, Colin. Just it really throw means up. a lot. Also, crack job. We have the tip of the cap by the FBI for just being not as focused and invested on some things like they should have been throughout like the country and as a whole, but really just blowing the lid off that NCAA basketball investigation that everybody was waiting with with bated breath. I think that's what does the, the one. FBI have to do instead of looking to forty dollars for yeah. college basketball dinner. That's a really good point. I don't like not yeah. much, but yeah. Until then, coward. I mean, just yeah. I, I hope I hope the show goes well, and your sources seem like they're pretty accurate. And then I'll say the the best things that come from the entire West Coast are just going to be In and Out Burger, my girlfriend, and '90s rap. So nice. See that's you later, good. Colin. That's a nice little trifecta. <laughs> I love that. 
So Colin Coward is a worthy winner of it might mean too much because he's saying that apparently for an, for an unnamed SEC program that it does mean too much. I hope it's Vandy. And that they're paying players. Oh, that'd be really sad. <laughs> That would be oh, that would be the saddest story. We, oh man, we gotta wrap it up. But we we do we should leave with like a soundbite, like in case somebody like missed part of it and just fast forward. It was like, and don't forget to tune in next week when we talk about this whistleblowing investigation on Vanderbilt football and the cheating that's been going on run rampantly for decades. I don't even think those kids cheat on tests, man. That's a, <laughs> that's, that's a quality institution right there. Anybody that's getting a Vanderbilt degree, my hat's off to you. I could not stay in class with you. You are probably way yeah. smarter than me. So tip of the cap to you, not necessarily tip of the cap to Colin Coward. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. Um, a little reminder for you, all you new listeners, because I know, I know we have new listeners. Do us a favor. Do it right now. Go on iTunes. Screenshot a five-star review yeah. and tweet it at the SDS pod. We're going to read all of your reviews on the next show. I'll even do it. Here's here's a little exception I'll make. Even if it's a four-star review, I will read it. That's how nice of a guy I am to say, I'm going to read your review on air. I will read your name. That is how yeah. gracious three we Three stars, get them the out. Podcast. Yeah, get out of here. We don't want any of that three-star nonsense. We want five-star hearts in this That's building. right. That's, That's right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, Chris, enjoy the combine this weekend. I yeah, know I will. Me as well. And uh, until then, Josh Allen's hands. oh my God, they're gonna be big. I don't have a TV big enough. I don't have a TV big enough for it. That's true. Oh, that's true. Oh man, just everybody else. Just remember this one important thing. It just means more. <laughs>